0: We got a very special guest in the house, Pastor Jay Hill, that's going to preach the word to us this morning. And I just want to bring a few introductory notes about Jay that I think will bless you. And you know, when when Pastor Leon asked me to uh, introduce uh, the next few preachers as he's out on sabbatical, he his eyes really lit up when he talked about Jay. He met Jay. Uh, they were serving alongside one another in uh, the Boxes of Love during uh, Thanksgiving. Best I understand it, that's a ministry that we've done here at Mack Avenue Community Church. And, you know, uh, throughout the seasons uh, after that, they were running into each other consistently at various uh, places in the city, meetings, uh, where pastors were getting together to uh, dialogue and encourage each other. And and eventually, Jay, uh, his, his staple was to bring educational resources to uh, the school that, uh, many schools, but particularly Pastor Leon's, uh, the school that Pastor Leon's kids were attending. And that really blessed uh, the whole school, but Pastor Leon thought, man, I need to get to know this brother even more. And now they serve, uh, they're actually both involved in a a small group, the best I understand it, of pastors in Detroit that meet together to pray and encourage each other. But from the lips of Jay Hill himself, uh, there was a, uh, he sent me a little bio, and I wanted to read uh, one of the little uh, quotes that was in there that really caught my eye. His courses have given him the ability to speak in middle schools, high schools, and colleges across the nation, teaching and cultivating young leaders that will carry on the mission of changing minds in moments. We need that, right? I can't think of a better guy to come and bless us with the word this morning, somebody that's cultivating young leaders who multiply their lives into other one day would be leaders right to change minds and moments can we praise God for that Jay I'm done I'm gonna be out the way would you come preach the word to us brother appreciate that y'all give a warm welcome to Pastor Jay Hill
1: good morning everybody how y'all doing this morning I greet you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and um, I just want to open this up in a word of prayer. Um, I'm sorry, my wife, who is really pregnant right now, she is not here. She has to take my son to go play some baseball, so they're um, at our church, and um, to go to play baseball, but I wish I could have met my wife and our son, uh, Joshua. His name is Joshua Mercy that is in the womb, and... um, Joshua is our miracle child, and um, we have four boys and two girls and one on the way, and that's Joshua, but prior, after our 13-year-old, we lost four, so um, God answers prayer, and uh, two days ago, yes, sir, two days ago, I was um, watching an old video of mine um, from Facebook, and um, uh I was crying because we had just lost a child. And now here we go, 24 months later, God has given us Joshua. Has there been fearful moment? Amen. 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 There has been fearful moments in having a child, having your mind go back to what it was in the past and what you have lost, right? You'll understand where I'm going here in a second, but there was, you know, moments as my wife has now um, 11 days before she goes to, no, um, excuse me, three, nine days before she goes to the hospital to, uh, on the 16th, a six, but then on the 17th, they're going to help her induce, have this baby, right, and I am so excited like I am like the story that the great young lady that was singing was given about the father who was going brick by brick right and for me you know my wife was like well you know babe I'm a because our room is downstairs I'm gonna stay upstairs and you know and I was like okay I got it I got everything set up the baby's gonna be in our room for the first few months you know." And um, I have this image in my brain, you know, on uh, man. Okay, I hear you, Lord. I can't wait until the lame on my chest. So I've had conversations with him when he was in the womb. (laughs) Jeremiah talks about that, right? Okay, and so I've had some conversations with my son. I've been explaining to him about Jesus, that he already knew before he was formed in my wife's womb, right? right? So he already knew Jesus, but now I'm telling him about my experience with Jesus. I'm having a whole dialogue with now a son that I'm discipling before he comes out. See, our responsibility in life is really, really important on what we do from this moment on. So, Father, you move by your spirit. You have your way with every individual in this room. That God, that they would erase their distractions right now in the name of Jesus and God, that They would not look at me at anything at all, but God, they would hear your voice. So God, speak clearly to your people, to your children, to your baby babies, God, and to your grown babies, because God, we're all your children. So we thank you that you've chosen us. God, we thank you that you've given us a mind to be stayed on you. We thank you that we can say your name everywhere we go. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm coming to you from the book of 1 Peter, right? And we're coming from 1 Peter chapter 1 verses 13 through 25. So um, oh yeah, I was supposed to tell y'all that. So in a soft Bible it's on page 656 and then on the hardcover Bible it's on 1014. Okay? Soft cover 656 hardcover, 1014. You'll find that right in front of you, right in front of your pew, if you don't have your own Bible or you ain't got your phone. So all I can tell you is this, is that we're called to be what? What are we called to be? Servants. Servants, but holy, right? There's an expectation that God wants us to be holy. And there's some things that we have to do every day to arm ourselves, to get prepared in our mind. So to give you a little bit of context of Peter. Peter's having this conversation. He's writing this letter and he's talking to the Gentiles and the Gentile Christians because they they're going through some things. They've been through some things. They're suffering. You know what suffering looks like. I explained to you what my suffering was, but my suffering doesn't compare to what Jesus did on the cross. There is no comparison to what I am going through right now today that compares to what Jesus did for me. But the crazy thing about, it's not even crazy, but the greatest thing about it is, while he was on the cross, he was knowing that I would be here today. He knew you would be here today. He knows exactly on what you're going through right now. But the question has to be, are you more focused on your pain and your suffering than Christ on the cross? So you have to make up your mind on what is going to be your God. Is it going to be God going to be your God? Are you going to focus on your pain? Because pain hurts. Injury hurts. Death hurts. All that is. But God took care of it all. And so you got to come to realize when Peter's having this conversation, he's talking to these Gentiles and he starts off like this. He says, therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your formal ignorance. But as he who called you is holy, and you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. And if you call on him as Father, who judged impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile, knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ. So I'm 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 reading this again and again this morning. I'm up early and I'm sitting with my earbuds on, at my little Spot. I can be in a room with a bunch of people, but if I got my earbuds on and I'm listening to worship, it's just me and Dad. And so and I'm and I'm sitting there, and I I know what he get has given me to say. But then, I was reading this this morning, I was like, okay, it's the blood, it's the blood, it's the blood, it's the blood. Everything. When a woman has a baby, it comes with blood. When Jesus went to the cross, it was the blood, but. The greatest thing about Jesus being on the cross, that prophecy is true in Isaiah, that there wasn't anything broken. Mm, yeah. There was it, prophecy happened the way it was supposed to happen. So we got to know when Jesus was in that day and he was coming from the scrolls of Isaiah and Jesus was doing his thing for us. And then he went to the cross and he buried his cross. But we don't want to bear the little, but we make a little a lot. Mm. Then we make it a lot to go to Jesus to ask Jesus because we believe in the blood in that moment. But then there's moments where we stop believing in Christ, but we believe in our problem, and we believe in our suffering. And so I'm going to ingrain this in your head online and in here that it's his blood that saved you. His blood. Listen, not your little cut, not your stitches, not his blood. Here, let me say it to you one more time. So maybe you'll capture it when you leave his blood, not your blood, the ultimate sacrifice, his blood. He went and did it for me and you. And when you think about it, when you're out on missions here in Michigan until Wednesday, when you're out here and you live here and you're out on mission, it's his blood to save the person that just cuts you out. It's his blood that the father who is not with you and he's not been in your life that you're talking about you don't care and you're walking in unforgiveness. You got to forgive in your past as well as your future. You just got to forgive. You got to live in forgiveness because the word of God is kind of clear because after he talks about the blood, he says, like that of a lamb, the blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. He was foreknown before the foundations of the world, but was made manifest in the last times for the sake of you, who through him you are believers in God. Through him you are believers, and through him you are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. Since you have been born again, not a perishable seed, but of the imperishable through the living and abiding word of God. Man, I'm thinking about my son so he's a seed and he came for me to come to my wife we lost four kids and then I looked at it my wife when we first found out two days after Christmas she had it on the the, the pregnancy testing on the counter and on our sink and she called me from down upstairs and I came down and the first thing I seen was it. I was like oh in my head I was like one of my favorite words I say all the time praise the Lord oh my God my wife is pregnant and I'm having this whole conversation within. 15 seconds before I have a conversation with my wife and I knew how my wife was feeling I knew what my wife's plans were but God had an alternative way he had an alternative way and my wife was mad for two weeks at me and God she's 40 I'm 56 she's 40 and I'm 56 and I'm getting ready to have a seed that is going to be a part of God's that is a part of God's kingdom that's imperishable, that means that seed is going to grow, multiply, be fruity, and do great works for the Christ. So if that is, if that is for my seed, then the, the word says that. The living and abiding word of God for all flesh is like grass and his glory like a flower of grass. The grass withers and the flowers falls, but the word of God remains forever. Now, let's go back up top. Let's go. So if I had a title to this, it would be called Holy Prep. God is preparing us to be holy. Are you prepared to be holy? Do you want to be holy or do you want to just live sin every day? We know that we're sinful. We know we were born to sin. We know we were shaped into a Nicola We know that we are these people who fall short every day. But the question has to be, do you repent when you fall? Do you go and say, Lord, forgive me because I shouldn't have cussed out my parents and my brain. Lord, forgive me. I shouldn't have cussed out my boss. Lord, I know I got my hands lifted up, but I'm really not focused on you, Lord. Lord, forgive me right now. I'm just playing the role of what a Christian should look like. But God, what is it? And when he talked about this word earlier, Pastor Kevin, a holy ground. So if this is holy ground and you walk in a the room, then you, there should be this like reverence for the dad. Like your home should be reverenced for dad your car should be reverenced for dad it doesn't take you to walk in a building called the church but you are the church as corinthians says so if we are the church then there's this expectation from the father not your pastor not your minister not your mama not your daddy but from god himself that he has this extra be holy like i am holy so god has this expectation but then If we go to this first verse, it says, therefore, preparing your minds. Okay. So I'm having this conversation with my father, like you should. Well, God, what do I need to prepare my mind for? He says, action. Well, what kind of action? What's what's going to happen? God is telling, Peter is having this conversation with them and having this conversation saying, listen, bruh, sis, son, daughter, you're about to go through. There's about some things that are going to come your way. But I need you to have your mind prepared to be able to deal with the things that are about to come your way. Because when they come your way, will you still worship me? When they come your way, will you still get on your knees? Because God knows that there's everything is right here. We can talk our way in and our way out. Would you agree? Okay, good. So then he says this. prepare your mind for action and being sober minded. So the. I I, I call this first point mindful behavior. I got to be mindful because I know my behaviors of the past. I know my behaviors of the present. I know how I used to handle some things. I know how I used to prepare my mind. I know what I did when I wanted to go out and have fun. I would do a a pre-measure before I went to the club of drinking and smoking before I went. Then I got to the club to the club that I used to hang out in, and I used to do all the things that you used to do inside of that club. But now I'm in a new club. See, I'm in this new club, so there's some, some pre-things that I want to do in the morning time when I wake up. I want to say, good morning, Abba, how you doing? How can I serve you? What is my mindful behavior? What is my thinking? What's going on in my brain? Why am I thinking this way? What have I introduced my ear and my eye? gate to who am i hanging with why am i acting this way why am i not preparing my mind for action like the father says says he says prepare your mind for action be sober minded set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you so okay so you told me to prepare my mind for action set my mind on the hope of grace oh so you're giving me grace And people use this word grace and call it unmerited favor but there's consequences in grace he gives you now grace and mercy follows right mercy is hey i'm 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 gonna let you go on this but grace there's a consequence but people walk around like they can just do whatever they want to do and you can't just do whatever you want to do because you work for the lord you don't work for yourself you don't work for your pastor Your job is to go make what disciples your job is supposed to go now highways and byways Your job is supposed to obtain the information you get on on Sunday, Wednesday, whatever day you get it Whatever time you spend in your word, And then you're supposed to go share what you know that God has given you a revelation to because he says Being sober minded set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ So God is going to reveal some things. I want to know what God wants to say to me. Don't you? So if you really want to know what God, then you gotta prepare your mind for action. A lot of times when we get up in the morning, if you're more of a old, old school, old, old school will have the outfits picked out for the week, their plan. Right? And then the young, young school. But then you got these two different differences going on with two different generations. And you got the middle and you got this way over here and this way over here. And there's no connectivity because people don't want to be coming together in action for who? For the kingdom of God. Because if two or three are agreed, right, God will be what? In the midst. I I wonder sometimes, are we really in agreement in prayer? Is it really two? I know one is praying, but what what were you doing while Pastor Kevin was praying? Were you on your phone? Do you really want to be in agreement? Do you really want to just come to church to do church and say, hey, I did church? Or do you really want to grow and go and do what you need to do for the Father? Because Scripture goes on and says this. It says, um, as obedient children, do not be conformed. So you can look at Romans 12 2. Right? And you look at Romans 12 2, 12, 1 and 2, it says, I beseech you, brethren, to live your life as a what? Living sacrifice, which is holy and acceptable unto God. But then if you go down to um, 12 2 of Romans, he talks about don't be conformed to what? This world. What is this world? It's wicked, it's oppressed, it's rebellious, it's lost, it's death. That's what the world is. It's wicked. We know that we're dealing with the enemy. That's why God tells us in our mindful behavior to prepare our mind for action. So we know we're going to deal with the enemy. We got to deal with him every day. But who's the enemy use? People. Your dad, your mom, your sister, your brother. He uses people. Then people get all up in their anger and their frustration in their flesh. And then they don't have a a great conversation with you. Then you get offended. Then you respond in a negative way. Well, your mind is not prepared. Your mind needs to be repaired every day and really every moment of the day because you know how you could be all the way up here in Jesus and then the enemy, the Bible says, he comes to snatch it away immediately. He doesn't want that seed, that imperishable seed to be planted and rooted inside of you. So as God, some what, some what? Water? Help me. Some Water, right? Who gives the increase? Who gives the increase? So how do you get the increase of God if you're not spending ample time with the Father? And you're staying stuck in your, your mindset, and your mind is really not prepared for action. Then he says, he says, conform to the passions of your formal ignorance. So we all know that we're ignorant. So it's not color that you're dealing with. Color, is not, color has no ignorance. It's not anyone of, who doesn't look like me in this skin, but our world and our country always talks about color. And it's not, God is not looking at the color of your skin. He created your color for his reasons, but he's not looking at the color of your skin. He's looking at your heart. Your heart is deceitfully wicked. So it's not, it's not I'm black and you're white and we got a problem. No, my wife is white. It ain't got nothing to do with the color of my wife's skin on the way that she treats me. No, it's just that she's dealing with some ignorance. But my response has to be my behavior. My mindful behavior. And this needs to be the point of where I'm looking at my wife and I'm saying, do I go back in response and go like this? Or did this new thing that me and my wife believe in that we instead of arguing? Why don't we just stop the middle of the conversation and just give God honor? Why we just have a conversation with Jesus because he's the peacemaker. He said he's in every room So once you leave here, God is in the other room that you're going to go next to so why don't you go spend some time with God You know how some of you you get in the midst of your your mind is all over the place. Your behaviors are not right You're totally frustrated. Peter's just trying to have this conversation with these Gentiles He's trying to get them to realize listen. This is a part of the kingdom business. You're going to suffer You're going to go through things but here let me give you some principles that you need to live. On, and he says this in verse 15, but as he who has called you is holy, but he, but as he who has called you is holy. Do you know that God is holy? You also be holy in all your conduct. So, there's this expectation that the things we do matter, everything that we do, it matters. And then, when you look at verse 16, it says this. Since it is written, that right there should just make you stop. It's it's in the book. This is the best book. There's no other book better. Baby girl with the blue shirt on, with the light blue letters, with the curly nice hair, look like my daughter's hair. Let me tell you something. It's in the book. You want to know more about who you are? Go to the book. Sir, if you want to know more about who you are, go to the book. Sir, if you want to know more about who you are, go to the book. If we're not leading them to the book, but we're leading them to our opinion, then we're leading them to our ignorance. It's not about us. It's not about the wisdom that we think we have. Wisdom comes from Ecclesiastes and Proverbs. Why don't we quote them scripture instead of quoting our opinion? Why don't we stop not trusting them and trust the prayers that we gave to Abba? Why don't we do that instead of putting all these barriers and all these, you know, things in the way when God is like, they're free. Let them be free. They got to learn. But they learn. But you got to show them what I look like by you being holy. You being holy in how you respond to your babies. It's, it reminds me of driving with my son yesterday and he's driver's truck. Praise the Lord. We're driving to... Um, an hour away, Ann Arbor, he's driving my truck, I have a big truck, praise the Lord, we're driving, we're headed, and I'm trying my best to be at peace, right, I'm, I'm, I'm like, he got his, his music selection is different, he doesn't play hard rap, but he just, I just don't understand my son's music selection. <laughs> so I can't really focus because he got, he got gospel rap and worship in there. But then he got some Christmas songs in there. <laughs> and I'm like, come on, bro. like, what is going on? So I'm like, I'll focus, right? And so boom, we're, we're driving and I can see the red lights. So I'm like, okay, he's going to see them. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say nothing. I'm, I'm I'm a trust right now. And I'm praying. But then, he ain't slowing down. <laughs> now, the red lights is getting a lot closer. Now, when I think of red, I think of the blood. So, I'm, I'm, I'm like, it look like I'm going to start bleeding. So, I, you know how you got the brake on the passenger side. Parents, y'all understand what I'm talking about. And you press it on the floor, but it's not working. (laughs) So I'm like, first I'm like, son, slow down. Right? And I know how God be talking to me. Son, slow down. But he's at peace when he's talking to me. He's not frustrated when he's talking to me. He gives me grace when he's talking to me. He's talking to me in love. He's communicating to me how I can hear. But I'm in this car like, oh, my God. I I don't want to be holy. I'm not Jesus. I'm not perfect. He know my heart. You know all the things we say, right? All the things we say. And so there's a big old ambulance right in front of us and a car is blazing and I'm like looking and I'm like oh we about to hit the ambulance and we ain't gonna be able to get inside of that thing <laughs> I yell Zach! Slow down! Dad! 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 Okay! And he's nervous and he's holding it real tight God was like no Jay soft answer turns away wrath speak my voice not your voice and I'm like man he's always preparing me he's always having a conversation with me I'm just trying to go to a baseball game but he's teaching his son To have his son teach his son to be holy in response, to be holy in action. And so, oh, God, I thought. Verse 17 says, and if you call on him, Father, who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourself with fear throughout the time of your exile knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers. There's some behaviors that I picked up over time. Who has a book bag? Does anybody have a book bag in here? There's some behaviors that I picked up over time. And so our forefathers, oh, I'm sorry. Our forefathers, and I'll just talk about your parents and your grandma and them. And all those people that you've learned, some of the things that you live out right today. The wisdom that you've gotten from them. But then you carry these things around throughout your life all the time. And you're carrying around these things, but God's like, I'm the blood. The blood. You just, you just, just trust in me. The blood. I I I did it all. Look at look at my behavior. Look, look what I did. I bear the cross. Look at my behavior. They put a crown of thorns on my head. Look at my behavior they they talked about me they spit on me and you talking about respect you want you want respect but i humble myself to the cross but you want to be respected because that's a world term respect me because i'm your dad no the bible says honor your father and your mother it doesn't say respect your father and your mother but you should humble yourself before your father and your mother you should serve your father and your mother and parents you should serve your children instead of commanding your children to do your deeds as you've learned from your forefathers and from how you were taught and because it's a part of your culture does it mean it's right okay. because if it's not in the book then what is the point point? and then you carry around these things and you take it from generation to generation and God is like stop the blood all these things you have learned all these things that are in your bag of life some of this stuff that you need to let go yeah. and you need to quit carrying that because now that's why you're so heavy and you're bearing things that don't belong that don't belong to you anymore. And you keep carrying around all this unforgiveness, all this hatred, all this bitterness, this depression, these suicidal thoughts. And you're walking around trying to get a drink, trying to drink a beer, trying to do these things, trying to smoke this, trying to do that, trying to do these, trying to be in a relationship. No, maybe you just stop and know it was the blood. Mm-hmm. It was the blood to save me. I, I know what it is to, to be a sinner. I know what it is yesterday, today, and I will know tomorrow because I know I will fall short. But the question has to be do I realize it was the blood? It's the blood that saved me. It was the blood that saved you. It was the blood the way you were worshiping, the way you worship. It's the blood that whatever this is going on is the reason why you did it. Because you're listening and you're picking picking up godly behaviors. But yeah. do you still need work? Yes, you're God's workmanship. You're God's great piece of art. Yeah. God is doing some yeah. things yeah. with yeah. you. He's shaping you and making you. And even when you're tired and you're stressed yeah. out and yeah. you don't understand why, and you said, God, you told me to do this. Yeah he's working you out and making you into this virtuous woman that he called you to be. Yeah. So when she grows up and when he grows up and when he grows up and when she grows up and when she grows up, she grows up they'll be like, oh my God, I've seen holiness, but I've seen it through my mother and my mother's seen it through God and I know it's the blood and all I need is the blood. So I know you're tired. Just breathe. Because the breath that you just breathe is the one that he just gave so how how there's no reason for you to be mad anymore and I don't even know you but he has me with you and I'm telling you it's the blood and you're doing what he called you to do and you write down Proverbs 16 and you read it you write it down and you read it and you read it and you read it, and you read it. And knowing that he is doing something with you and you teach them Proverbs 16, you learn Proverbs 16. Mm. Oh, yes, sir. You learn Proverbs 16 because your plans are nothing. His plans are everything. And his work will be established if you do his plans. The Bible says in Psalms 37 Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you delight yourself unto the Lord. He shall give you what? The desires of your heart. So that means that there's something filthy in us, because if we got to delight in him to give us his desires, his way, his will to do it that way, then that means that we spend time not delighting in the father. But the more you delight in the father, the more of his work will come out of you. And wouldn't you rather do his work? And what is that going to cost you? Your blood that cares that does not compare to his pain and so then father i thank you oh i was able to get up there praise the lord so in verse 18 in verse 18 it says um it says this it says knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers not perishable things such as silver and gold so when i look at it and when I look at this framework of what God is trying to get us to understand, there's some things that are good that you have learned from your past, but then there are some things that you need to let go because they don't belong to you. And so when I read 1 um, Corinthians 6.20, it says this, for you were brought with a price. Do you understand how valuable you are? And when the enemy always comes to you and tell you you're not worth anything, but God brought you for a price with his blood. Jesus was on the cross for nine hours, and for three of those hours, the Father turned away. The nails were over nine inches long, and he he did it for you and me, and and we complain about the most dumbest thing, and we make the smallest thing into the biggest thing where something could be this small, but then we take what's this small, and we make it something that is super large and super big that just doesn't make any sense, and it's just like we, we turn what that is big, but this is small. And what it really was when it started was this big. But in our minds, because you can't even see it from back there. But you can see the wallet, but you can't see the problem. You see the value, and you might value money will get me out of it. My credit card will get me out of it. My license will get me out of it. My status will get me out of it. No, you were already brought for a price, so the debt is already paid the debt is already paid and so boom you look at it right here it was really small but then as we continue to focus on it and focus on it and focus on it then we make it a little larger and now it becomes a little larger problem in our life and then we go into the father you said you move mountains and all this well the mountain was never that big if you would just focus on the father And if you would stop letting these little things go big to grow something big, it wouldn't be a problem. If you constantly say something over and over and over, the Bible says, so a man think of, so is what? He. So if you continue to say something in the negative, well, guess what? You'll just make it a bigger negative. But if I ask you this question, who in here loves Jesus? Everybody will raise their hand. But then if I ask you this question, what is the last thing you've done for him? What would you say? Are you willing to serve? Are you willing to do what you're called to do? Because in verse 19 it says this. But God with his sorry, I'm trying to figure out my time. How much time? So he said, so, okay, praise the Lord. I just um I'm so excited right now. Um, but with the precious blood of Christ. What else is there to say? What else is there to say? (laughs) Yes, sir. But with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb, without blemish or spot, he was foreknown before the foundations of the world, but was manifest in the last times for the sake of you, who through him are are believers in god who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith are in god check this out young people let me talk to you because I, I i there's young people in the room and i y'all grown people i love y'all but i am in love with young people so let me talk to you this is what jesus is saying to y'all and can can i can i just be different can i get all the young people to come sit right here every young person in the room if you're sitting there stay there if you're over there all y'all young people come on over here big fella I like that Under Armour shirt. Come on over here real quick. I'm doing things a little different. I'm sorry. I'm just a little different, and I'm being led. I'm sorry. Come on. Come on over here. Let's, let's have a conversation. So just think of this. I want you to think of how, how old are you? How old are you? How old are you? How old you? How old are you? Hold old you? Okay, praise the Lord. Hold you? Hold old you? How old are you? So let me tell you something. All the disciples except Peter were teenagers. That's number one. That's number one. So listen, you know, church, you know, most people come to church and they, you, you want to tell the truth? You, you want to tell the truth? Who don't want to be here today? Raise your hand. Tell the truth. Come on, just tell the truth. If you don't want to be here, just raise your hand. If you don't want to be here, adults, if you don't want to be here and you know you're supposed to be here, but you really want to be at home sleep, raise your hand. Kids, look, they're going to tell the truth. Somebody going to raise your hand. See, 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 see. see? There we go. Boom. Okay, good. There's sometimes young babies. I don't want to come to church. But I know if I, if I miss the opportunity to hear from God, I'm going to miss my opportunity to understand the blood. So let me tell you something. Let me tell you the greatest secret ever. When your parents are getting on your nerves and when you're trying to understand the word of God, this is the simple thing. It's his name. Jesus. I need you. I need your help right now. I don't know what to do. This boy liking me and uh,
2: Uh, this girl, you know. uh,
1: The blood. Nothing about the blood. and And then you know that long hair you got going on. Oh my goodness. Hey, how you no, the blood. So, so when when you struggling and you going through something, this is what I want you to say. You listening to me? What's your name? What's your name? Eliana. Eliana. What's your name? Hazel. Huh? Hazel. 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 Wow, what a name. What's your name?
2: Dietrich. Say it again. Dietrich.
1: So this is what I want y'all three to do because I don't remember y'all name. I just remember Hazel. Okay. i <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. oh, praise the Lord. i remember you now. Okay, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> but Jesus will never forget you because you're, you're not a perishable seed. You're imperishable. So you're going to live now and you're going to live forever because you're going to be connected with the blood. You're going to be connected with God. You're going to be connected with Jesus. And when you come in, they're going to, because of your service, because you love Jesus, so, do you love Jesus? Say, I love you, Lord. Say, you love him forever? Amen. You remember when you first came to the kingdom and you said that? Yes. Remember how fire you were on and you were childlike faith? But then the enemy comes with the behaviors and then he distracts your children from the blood. And then he distracts your children from the Christ. And then they don't see Christ. They just see your anger. They just see your pain. What do you need to change, man of God and woman of God? What is God asking from you today? Because everything was taken care of in the blood. And there's an expectation that he had from you, Dad there's some things that you have to do there's some adjustments that you have to make but you're not making it for me you're not making it for him not making it for her you're making it because you love god and if you love god then you're going to say you know what i'm done with this because enough is enough i've lived for the enemy too long i want to live for abba i want to live for the father because my mind belongs to jesus I know that my mind can take me to places, but if my behaviors go to the word where everything is, it will remain. And so you got to understand when it says it remains because it says this, having purified your souls by your obedience verse 22 to the truth of the sincere brotherly love, love one enough, love one another earnestly. I gotta love you and I don't even know you. And God loves me, and I remember when I didn't know him. He loves me, and I was doing everything that didn't belong to him. And even as I walk with him today, there's things that I do that don't belong to him. And I and I'm like, Father, forgive me. Abba, I love you. Abba, I just want to worship you. Abba, I'm forgive me, Abba, I need you. And then Abba said, you know what? You're 56, and I'm going to have you carry around a baby. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I get to start over again. Yeah. I get to be a different dad. Yeah. I get to be a better dad than to my 34-year-old, to my 29-year-old, to my 22-year-old, to my, 16, my 17 and 16 and 13-year-old And they knew me as this type of dad. My 34-year-old experience as I was a dad is totally different from my 16-year-old son. There's a total difference. I'm I'm not the same man, and you can't keep me in my past because I refuse to live backwards. If I'm going to move forward, I'm going to move forward with the blood. And young people, when you move forward, stop playing in the middle of the service. Sit up and stop playing. I love you. Turn around and stop playing in the name of Jesus. Because the enemy, he will use player, he will use playtime as distraction. God is trying to tell you and you something. That's why the enemy got you playing. We play too much on Jesus. And we play too much to the enemy's ways. The Bible says don't be ignorant of his devices. It's plural. He has many. And what are the devices he's using against you right now? Because the enemy doesn't want you to be in love, auntie. The enemy wants you to be in love with your pain. And we grip our pain like it's the end of our life. But if we're chosen by the Father, then we know where we're going. And so we can trust in his word, but we got to know his word because his word says this. It says, having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. Since you have been born again, not of a perishable seed, but of the imperishable through the living and abiding word of God for all flesh is like grass. And all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flowers fall. But let me tell you something. What remains is his word. Everything can pass away. They say cockroaches live through everything. (laughs) Not like the word. God has purpose in everything that he has. I didn't know what the purpose of a dandelion was until I had to do the research to find out that I can go in my yard, pick dandelions and make a salad and eat it and it's good for my body. I know that dandelions have a purpose, but for a person who likes green grass, we don't like dandelions. So what do we do? We get weed and feed and we kill the dandelions. But we didn't go to God and say, God, what was your purpose for the dandelion? God, what is your purpose for them? God, show me. Teach me how I can lead them. God, let me do it your way instead of trying to force them to do something. Because God, you never forced me to do anything. You've given me freedom and choice. But we bound our children like you got to do it this way. They won't learn that way. you got to allow God's word that will remain. God's word, God's word. Not you, not me. God's Word say God's Word, God's word God's Say God word. say young people say with me say God's Word, God's word will change me,
2: will change me. I, choose today. I choose today
1: Now I'm gonna ask you this question before you respond do you really want to know God?
2: Yes.
1: The only way you're gonna know him is through his Word That's the only way so just like you go to school to study you gotta pick up the Bible and study. Don't read it. Study it. Don't read it. Study it. Yes, sir. But I don't have a Bible.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> so now that I heard the real truth and nothing but the adulterated truth, you got Bibles at home. So now what you decide to do with that Bible, that's between you and God. But nothing but the blood. But what I challenge you to do is this. I challenge you, since you asked for a Bible, you received a Bible. You asked, God gives. But it's what he gives that makes the difference to giving him glory in his name. I suggest to all of you people in this room, sir, you can come. I, I suggest all you people in the room right now, that I, I, I suggest that you realize what the blood means. Realize what the blood means. It's in his blood. That's why they're here from Minnesota. It was because of his blood. Yeah, He's the one that changed their hearts to come and serve in a community that they don't know. Well, why don't we get up and get in some vans and drive 10 hours and go to Minnesota and serve with him? And why don't we as individuals who live in certain type of neighborhoods, instead of having people come to our neighborhood, why don't we go to the suburbs? Because Jesus is known in the suburbs. The enemy walks to and fro. So why don't we still go to the suburbs and allow them to understand because your house might be big and it might be nice and it might be furnished, but your house might be looking good on a natural sense, but what's going on with your house of your house that, that God died for, that God gave his life for. And so I'm telling you right now, God is looking for something different. We got all these organizations wanting to come to Detroit, Chicago, New York, all these major cities because they think that the enemy is just in this one spot. No, the enemy is everywhere. And we need to be people who are making disciples in the suburbs, in the royal areas, in the neighborhood. I will never call it the hood because that's not what it is. Because it's clearly that we're supposed to love people regardless of where they're from. No matter their culture, no matter their creed, no matter their color, no matter their hairstyle, no matter their financial wealth, no matter who they are, we as individuals are supposed to love individuals because of the blood. And the blood sounds something like this right here. Listen to it. Come on, sing with me. Nothing but the blood but the blood so I know this I'm going to have Pastor Kevin come up because I read the thing and this, this is a very important part of the blood to me and it should be to you because there's somebody in the room who has walked away and there's somebody in the room who just doesn't know but God is trying to get you to realize that he's real he's live and he's in you and he wants to use you for his glory and for his purpose that's it so if you're an individual in the room young to old don't be ashamed don't be embarrassed use this altar as a place of coming to repent use this altar to come and say you know what I want to give my heart because the Bible says this he says he stands at the door and he's doing this he's knocking and he just wants you to say you know what Lord, I want you. So if there's anyone in this, it's okay, Pastor Kevin. If there's anyone in this room that wants to give their life and their mind, their heart and their soul to the kingdom of God, please stand. Lord that
2: Jesus Amen. Amen. Amen
1: So, so I'll say this to you individuals that are in the room. If there's a prayer team, if you would like to give your life to Christ, if you don't mind and you're not ashamed, and I know you're not ashamed because you stood up, if you come up to this altar and just come up there so Pastor Kevin can do what he has to do with you guys, if you don't mind, if you can take some steps forward, if you don't mind. So, so Father, so Father, so so I need y'all to repeat after me. I need y'all to repeat after me. Repeat after me. Say, say, Father, I give my mind, my heart, my soul to you. Lord, you've been standing at the door of my heart, knock, knocking. And God, on today, I allow you in Your house, your body, your mind, your heart, your soul, in Jesus' name, amen. So, guess what? In heaven, there's this celebration. Oh my God. What do you do? What are you having? What's her name? Congratulations. And I believe that she's going to be a way better woman of God than you could ever think or imagine. And when you go home tonight, just rub her because she just enjoyed her mama, her mama coming to the altar. And, babies, I love y'all. And, congratulations. And, God God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. Watch. Gotcha.
0: just y'all can keep that melody going in the background. Thank you, Pastor Jay. It's the blood, right? The blood that won the victory, that ripped the chains off and set us free. Amen? If the blood has set you free, has the blood set you free? and be free indeed. Amen? Amen.